Hello, everyone. Welcome back to our podcast, Planted and Growing. My name is Grace. And I'm Christina. And today we are uh, continuing a second part series called Tools for Mindfulness and Personal Growth. <laughs> and in the first one, we talked about 10 or 11 things that can help you and that also help us with just maintaining mindfulness, awareness, and maybe just exploring and delving into your own person and who you are and who you want to be and just ways to um, increase happiness and productivity and um, lots of different aspects of life. Yeah, having Um, purpose in your life. Yeah, exactly, because purpose is important. Mm -hmm. So we have another, I think, 10 or 11 things that we want to go through and talk to you guys about them. And most of these things are from... um, are listed because we have personal experience with them, but I, I can think of a couple of things that I'm not too familiar with, and I don't know about Christina, but um, just in general, we know of these ideas to work for others people, other people, and we have heard them talked about um, in other ways, so we figured that we might as well just throw them out there. So um, we just want to clarify that not every single thing in this list is something that we have done personally. Um, some things we have full-blown, some things we have a little bit of practice in or have dabbled with a little bit, but just in general, we just configured this list in hopes that it will resonate with you guys and maybe there'll be some things in here that you can pick up on that you find that you enjoy doing. Yeah, I mean, I feel like all of these things are just, you can have your own like self-growth healing life journey and partake in all of these different activities however it resonates with you or not and you can just say this is for me or this is not for me and Mm -hmm. you can come to it whenever you feel like it you can be aware of it for a few years and not have it really resonate with you and then all of a sudden something happens where you're like wow this really helps me a lot and I'm going to continue to go towards this yeah Exactly. There's a few things in here that I know I have personal experience with them, but I don't necessarily feel like I need any more, or there's some things that I wish that I did more. So I think it's just about trial and error and just grasping onto things when you feel like you need them and then letting go when they feel when you feel like they serve their purpose. Mm-hmm. Cool. So the first one that we have is yoga, which I'm not very experienced in, unfortunately. <laughs> I wish I was. I've been wanting to do yoga for quite some time, but I don't really exactly... Well, I think mostly what's holding me back is the money aspect because I just got a job and I know most of them are donation-based, but, like, if you want to go regularly, that's, like, for me, maybe once or twice a week, that's, like, you know, 10 to $20 per session. That's kind of a lot of money. It adds mm-hmm. up. We do have yoga sessions at our gym, but our gym, my gym, I don't know who I'm talking about, <laughs> but you go to 24-hour fitness too. Yes. So yeah, um, our gym, mm-hmm. <laughs> but they're not as like personable and I don't really feel like I get a lot out of it. It's nice to go and like get stretched out and whatnot, but there's just like so many people in such a small room and I don't really know. It doesn't really give me like the energy that I want it to at this point. So I haven't really gone in a while, but I know that you've done yoga, um, on your own through, um, YouTube and stuff. For yes. a while. I really, um, I really enjoy at-home yoga. I feel like, especially with uh, yoga with Adrian as like a YouTube content creator for yoga classes and like, you know, curates entire like yoga challenges that you can really like dive deep into. Um, and so I think that that's been my most like transformation in regards to like me loving myself more through yoga. 
um, is through at-home yoga. I, I came to yoga when I was, like, in college, and I went to the local community college to take a yoga class that they would have on Saturday mornings. And then I started doing yoga at the gym, too, and it is different at the gym, for sure. There's different... There's, I mean, there's a lot of different experiences when it comes to yoga. And so I understand the lack of appeal if it's not... I mean, yeah, yoga can be just exercise for people or it can be more of like a spiritual practice. Yeah, I agree. Um, like I said, I've been wanting to do it, but I haven't. And um, uh, there is a place near where we used to work called Our Place Yoga. Mm-hmm. And I've heard a lot of good things about that. My friend goes there and she says that she likes the classes that they serve there. And it's cool because they have a, an all-day schedule for a different time. So it's like a really early bird. They have one at like 6.30 in the morning, I think, or mm-hmm. maybe even earlier. Um, so I think that her and I want to get together soon and, and do that. And I think that'll be a really good experience. But I think it's... Um, from what I've gathered and from what I could assume, it's probably challenging for not just the body, but the mind to push yourself sort of like in the same way as exercise. Mm -hmm. So it's like pushing yourself beyond your boundaries and um, realizing that the mind is a lot more powerful than we give credit for Mm -hmm. and that it will, like you said, it like made you love yourself more. So I think in turn, it could probably do the same for a lot of other people too, um, for many different aspects, not just physically like, oh, look, my body's getting more toned because I've been doing yoga every week, but it's like, wow, I can put myself in these poses and keep them for a lot longer than I could a month ago, you know, just Mm -hmm. like progression and stuff like that. So I could definitely see why yoga would be a good mindfulness practice for sure. Yeah. And just like breathing and bringing more awareness to your body and gratitude for your body and, and all of that. And yeah, there's, uh, I like our place yoga too. I took only a couple classes there, but what's cool about our place yoga is that they they pride themselves on being yoga for everyone and only have like $5 classes or oh, really? I don't know if they've increased to like maybe seven or eight. Cause it's mm. difficult to like run a studio, yeah. um, and like have a business. So I can like, I get that they wanted to keep the price as cheap as possible, but I also get if they needed to raise the prices too, cause they just need to sustain the business. This is all to say that they're trying their very hardest to like be there for the community, to have this as a healing practice for people and, and also, yeah, provide a bunch of different types of um, yoga, mm-hmm. meditation and breath work yeah. and Reiki and all of that. So I would recommend checking our, our place yoga if you're in the Orange Orange County area. Yay, I want to go. <laughs> Let's go right now. <laughs> all right, the next thing we have is boundary setting. I don't know what SM is. Oh, social media. Okay, and people. Mm-hmm. So for those two specifically and just in general. Yeah. Um, I don't know... If I've had experience with that as of late or just kind of in general, I feel like it's a pretty um, tricky thing to get around sometimes, especially with people like myself who don't want to be confrontational, Mm -hmm. which isn't an excuse to let people walk all over you because I know in the past... I was I was always one of those people that was like so nice that I like would let shit slide because I just didn't want to I don't know I guess I yeah and, ruffle feathers or something. yeah but looking at it now it's like I didn't want to make people accountable for their actions mm-hmm. but obviously in the moment you don't think of it like that um but I know how much importance it has and how valuable it can be when you're around people that maybe it's like coworkers or like family that you're kind of forced to be around and they're continuously disrespecting you or not um treating you with the respect that you deserve and so 
I think boundary setting is really important and it's really difficult to gauge how to create those boundaries especially Mm -hmm. if it's someone like I said that you're around all the time or that you're actually like close with perhaps and I think word it like the way you word things in verbiage and just making sure that you send the message with love like hey like I really love you but I just can't hear about this right now like I'm not in the right space or like you know like hey I don't appreciate the way that you're talking to me like that and if you do it again I'm gonna have to not talk to you mm-hmm. you know versus like like fuck you don't talk to me like that you know it's <laughs> like if you come cool calm and collected your message will most likely be received a lot better and I always say that it's not up to you and it's not your responsibility for how people react to you setting boundaries or coming at people in general with something to say mm-hmm. and I think that you don't need- there's also like setting just emotional boundaries with these people too, um, that you can just have the the thought in your being that you can understand and recognize how they are and not have it really. Um, you do you can create a boundary to not internalize it mm-hmm. because some people are just not that nice yeah. and then you can internalize it to think that it's something that you're doing that's mm-hmm. making them act that way mm-hmm. and so it's like creating this like metaphysical boundary where right. you're like right so you don't mean like a literal like you're not saying anything to them it's more yeah, for like you're both a- it okay. can be both i think okay. yeah and that's what I, and also with like social media where it's like you have to not let things just you can't have all the negativity coming towards you, especially in social media, where you can create some boundaries where you're like, I'm not going to follow these accounts. I'm not going to follow this person, even though I like like them. They make me feel this way. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to create this boundary where I'm probably better off not following them. Yeah, or even blocking people. It's, it's not as immature as people think it is. If anything, it's just protecting your energy. Mm-hmm. Um, what was I going to say? Uh, yeah, I think I've mentioned this prior in a podcast before about how being a massage therapist, you have to have one of those metaphysical boundaries, like you said, because there's no, there's no time or importance of energy exchange in a negative way. And so the energy that I'm putting into other people, I have to make sure is pure. And if I'm not having a good day, I need to call it from a different source, if Mm -hmm. that makes sense. So like, that's what Reiki is. It's like bringing the energy of the universe into other people. And therefore you're not taking away anything from yourself. You're Mm -hmm. giving from a higher source. You're giving from the infinite energy that is. So um, I think that it's really also, yeah, I agree with you. It's really important to put up that wall, like not necessarily like a cement wall but maybe like a glass wall that like you can still see through but obviously it depends on the person that you're dealing with in the situation but sometimes like people just won't receive what you have to say no matter how nicely you put it Mm -hmm. so sometimes those walls and those boundaries um created for yourself by yourself are may like may work better than verbally saying something to them because Mm -hmm. sometimes that makes things worse unfortunately Mm -hmm. so like I said you just have to gauge and just kind of read the energy of the situation and the people involved and figure out what the best way to set a boundary is like and I believe um, on Instagram, the holistic psychologist, Mm -hmm. she posts very, very good and really simple and to the point messages like uh, text posts about ways to set boundaries and like literal things to say. Um, And I always find them very helpful, although I don't necessarily use them in my own personal life. I like to repost them because I know that other people are probably struggling with Mm -hmm. creating boundaries. So um, I think that 
sometimes no matter how much self-respect you have and self-love you have, there's just still going to be people that treat you like shit, so. Yeah, I've definitely have learned that in the past year. <laughs> and for me, there's the, when you were saying a glass wall, the way that I imagine, like, this boundary is like a cloud, where it's like, you, you can kind of, you can reach through it still, and like, it's, you can see through it and... Like, I don't know, I think it was just a guided meditation that I did where it's like, you bring the mist and it's coming around <laughs> you and it's right. like, that feels nice where it's yeah. like, this is me, this is my body and this is, I respect myself so I'm not going to let other people like disrespect me. Definitely. Because I, I don't have time for that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Ain't nobody got time for that. Nope. <laughs> and next on the list we have breathing. Oh, so that's new for me. Got you. I think that, I mean... With yoga, they're always, like, implementing that you're breathing with your postures and stuff like that. But I think just in our conversations, in our podcast in, like, the last few months, I've been trying to implement more breath work into my life and just randomly have, like, looked for a YouTube video to try and, like, explore it more. And it's come up in a couple of the insight timer guided meditations. And so... I'm still exploring it more um, and understanding like having to uh, breathe in for a certain amount of time and then breathe out for a certain amount of time and holding your breath at the top and how much of a like physical release and Mm -hmm. mental release that can be over time and I'm excited about it that's something that I want to explore more for me just being able to ground myself ground be grounded in myself Mm -hmm. more right yeah, definitely. Breath is extremely important. And I think that the reason why it's so ab- advocated in meditation and in yoga and stuff is because sometimes our uh, attention can, I don't know, be in a, a thousand different directions. And you can be in a yoga class and you're still thinking about what you have to do when you get home. But the thing about breath is that when you're focusing on it and you're counting in and you're holding and you're breathing out and you know, there are all these different, like, kundalini breathing work, and just, there's so many different types, but the the reason why, like I said, it's so um, prominent is because your attention is fixed on your breath. Mm-hmm. You need to be inhaling for this amount of seconds, so you're counting those seconds, and then you're holding, and then you're releasing, and it literally brings you back to the present moment. Right. It's the number one tool for awareness <laughs> and mindfulness. Literally. Literally, yeah. It's, um... It's an amazing, amazing tool, and um, I don't think that I've been doing it enough lately for sure, Um, but in any moment that I find that I'm like, I don't know, feeling some type of way, I always try to implement breath. Like, the night that I, so I had work for the first time on Saturday, so Friday night I was like tossing and turning, and in the morning I woke up like way earlier than I had to, so I kept just trying to breathe my way back into sleep, and unfortunately it didn't work. I think that my subconscious was just loaded with how things were Mm -hmm. going to go at my first day of work, which ended up being totally fun and fine, but sometimes, um, I don't know, your, your mind and your, your nerves when your, um, parasympathetic system is just going off, um, or the other one, your sympathetic system. Yeah. Which is like adrenaline and anxious and all that stuff. And then that's what breathing does is it engages your parasympathetic system, which physiologically decreases your heart rate and, uh, helps your blood flow go back to normal, which then in turn, like brings your breath back to homeostasis. Hey. I like that. It's true. I learned about that at school. 
I know things. <laughs> well, no, I feel like that's that. That's what I was implementing breathwork into my life in the last few months is because, like, I w- I've been really, like, I've been going through a lot of life changes. I mentioned in the previous podcast that I'll be moving to Austin, Texas in a, couple, in a couple of weeks and actually leaving to Europe this week. So going through a lot, but I, and those are things that I'm, like, super grateful for. And so that's the energy that I've been trying to ground myself in recently is that these are great opportunities for me and I need to be very grateful for them but prior to that I was turning to breath work to try and get myself in the present moment and not be so anxious about all of these big shifts that I'm going to be going through yeah and all of the negativity that I've walked away from so I yeah I'm very grateful for it but then it yeah it gets you into the present moment and it was you know I came to it from a place of being like very anxious but I think I interrupted you, though. Like, no, after... No, you did not. So was, you were able to breathe through it and have a good first day and everything at work? And Well, yeah, what I was saying is that, like, it, it didn't really work for me because I was just, like, I don't know what was wrong with me. Like, my body was just, like, not having a good time. So, yeah. like, in my mental, I was pretty okay, but my body, which is your yeah. sympathetic system, whether right. or not your mind is correlated, it was kicked in. I hate it when so, that happens. Yeah. So I probably could have focused on my breath more and, like, stayed with it longer, which if you do, like guarantee you I guarantee that things will come to a more calming right. point place but that just didn't happen and I I, I don't know whatever like yeah, I said yeah. I had a good day so yeah, it was fine for sure <laughs> it's not, that's so funny when your body is reacting and doing all of that and you're like hello I'm fine yeah yeah that happens to me a lot when I have to like break really hard or like when I think someone's gonna like run into me but like it's literally a split second deal and it's over and it's done and in my mind I'm like okay cool that's fine but my body is like sweating and shaking and like I'm like oh my god chill out like nothing even happened relax you're like hello present moment I'm still here <laughs> <Yeah>. right <laughs> body please stop all right, next one on the list we have is tapping, and I don't know what that means or anything about it, so please explain. Sure. So I, it's kind of silly that I've been mentioning Gala Darling almost like every single episode, but that's how I came to understand tapping more. Um, and, I'm, and this is also just like a new practice that I've started to implement because the way that she speaks about it makes you feel like you're hitting uh, these meridians on your uh, body that will trigger, you know, action and things, uh, you know, coming out of your being more. You're manifesting things in your life and you're, when you're tapping, you're touching on these points with your fingers and saying things. And uh, so she has this uh, weekly, a tarot card reading and then afterwards they do a tapping or you do a tapping with her hmm. so I've only done it like three or four times in the last like three months or so but mm-hmm. it's something that I've been wanting to implement more onto a regular basis so you you drink a lot of water you do this tapping session where you're tapping the top of your head the side like your temples mm-hmm. the, the your cheekbones above your lip below your lip um, on your side, like where your bra would be under your arm and then your chest or your chest and then your side. But either way, you're following with her. She's telling you what to say. You're tapping on something specific about mm-hmm. just like kicking ass at life. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, you just feel a lot of change in your body. Um, she talks about it with more of, um, uh, she just it resonates with her more because she's probably been doing it longer. I'm still like exploring it more, so I'm not entirely 
want, I'm just seeing what happens with what I'm doing, mm-hmm. and I'm, sure. I'm open to it, yeah. so um, that's pretty much it. Mm-hmm. But well, now that you talk about it um, in at massage therapy school, we did a whole Eastern segment, so I believe that comes from traditional Chinese medicine Definitely. with the meridian points that mm-hmm. run through our body, and... Um, we did learn about the one on the chest and how some people that's like their automatic go-to like um intuitionally they start like tapping on their chest when they're anxious just like how like when people get headaches they point they put both fingers on the ridge of their nose like right next to their eyeballs like at the very top of your nose and those are meridian points that help like for the eyeball one that's the one that helps release uh tension in the head for headaches and then this one is supposed to help release anxiety and we did like multiple different practices um and then we also did moxibustion, which is, it's like this, it's, how do I explain it? So it's like this little incense thing almost that you light and then you put it on those points and obviously instead of tapping it because it's hot, you just you just hold it in front of those right. certain points and it's, it's, there's tons and tons and tons of different points on your body. So if you have like chest pain, there's one for that. If you have headaches, there's one for that. If you have whatever, whatever, like literally anything in the book, there's an actual book and it's like hold this at this point for this many seconds and you like kind of just like hover it above your skin so where you feel the warmth Mm -hmm. so it's pretty similar so yeah anything involving the meridian points is usually uh, traditional Chinese medicine or like eastern Mm -hmm. so that's cool and interesting it is I'm I'm very intrigued by it because I mean what's okay so I feel like I'm kind of intrigued very much by Gala Darling is because when I went into blogging about 10 years ago I remember seeing her like 10 years ago and I've uh-huh. seen how much growth that she's had. Yeah. And if she's implementing things, these things into her life that have like made her life completely transform and explode. I'm like, all right. Yeah. You're I like, can... well, she must be doing something right. Yeah. <laughs> and, that, and she credits a lot of it to tapping. So I was mm, like, wow, it's not going to hurt yeah. for me to try this. <laughs> well, that's essentially what acupuncture is, is it's implementing needles on meridian points throughout your entire body. I would love to do that. Yeah. Me too. <laughs> Well then, moving on to the next one. Tarot cards. I dabbled in tarot for a little bit. Um, I tend to get into things and kind of fall off of them or I either like stick with them for life and this is one of the things that I kind of just fell off of. Not because I didn't like it per se, but um, I've mentioned a couple times that I'm a very out of sight, out of mind person and so once I put them somewhere where I can't see them, like in my visible sight, then I don't really think about it anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, but I ended up gift- gifting my cards to my friend Sam and she was really grateful so I'm glad that I did that. But they were beautiful cards and it was always very interesting to like pull some things and then being able to determine it as something relevant in your life, whether or not you believe in it. You know, I think that any practice and anything that you do, if you believe in it, then it's going to work for you. And so I was dabbling them, dabbling with them during a certain point um, in time where it involved my significant other. And so like when I was pulling cards, it just like resonated with me a lot. It's like, okay, like I know what I need to do. (laughs) So it helps me in the moment for sure, but it's not something that I've like carried on past however many months that I did it. Yeah. I... It resonated with me a lot, actually, almost like a year ago from now. I got my first deck at the beginning of December, um, and I just, I've definitely just had like a personal journey with it where I know that like tarot is something where people can, um, you know, share it with other people and pull with other people, but it's just something where I've had a, a daily practice or 
yeah, like a Monday through Friday practice. I'd like to do it more on that, like the whole entire week, but I just have this practice of pulling one card and having that be like my message for the day. And, mm-hmm. um, it's been pretty crazy. My, ex- my short experience with tarot where I've been pulling cards that have like resonated really deeply and then like dang this is gonna a lot of my like thought process of when I'm approaching tarot is just trying to like listen to like source and like just say this is something that is supposed to resonate for me and I'm going to find the meaning in it and um sometimes the meaning is there immediately Mm. and sometimes I can just kind of reflect on it and have me try to understand what am I supposed to be learning from this right um and so it's just been like you know this mindfulness journey that tarot has been helping me just kind of I don't know listen more and figure out well yeah and then there's been like cards that have like popped up a bunch of times and I'm like okay yeah yeah okay (laughs) all right I see you (laughs) That's so funny. it's something that I want to learn more um, about, like, doing, like, spreads and mm-hmm. um, understanding my deck more. And, and it's been interesting where I've come, kind of come to it where I'm, like, I'm just going to, like, have things come to me. I'm just going to shuffle it this way or uh-huh. pick the card this way or, um, you know, they have the advice when you're going into tarot to, like, uh, understand each of the cards, and I don't yeah. understand each of the cards. I'm yeah. letting I'm letting my understanding come as I pull the cards. Right. And even today, I pulled a card that I never pulled before, but it was exactly what I needed to hear oh, at good. this exact moment. And I'm like, yeah, that's all I needed. Yeah, that happened to me, too, once where I pulled a card, and I started bawling, and I was like, okay, universe, I see you. <laughs> Thank you. It was, ugh, those cards were so beautiful. Yeah, so and I'm glad that someone else is using them. It's definitely a good tool for mm-hmm. someone to have, so. Yeah, it's, it's nice reassurance. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's see. Next one says, understanding lessons from reflections from others. Mm. So what exactly do you mean by that? Um, I think it was more so when we had talked in a previous episode about, like, something that someone does to you that triggers something in you and that you realize, oh, maybe they're doing something to me that I do to other people and oh yeah so so that were all like reflections of each other yeah that's what I was gonna say Mm -hmm. Mm, yeah definitely I think the way that that intertwines with being mindful is that realizing that not not all actions that people do are because of you if anything they're none of them are because of you right and people are so quick to point the finger and blame others. Well, you made me do this, or I did this because of you, or whatever, whatever. But in reality, everything that people, everything that someone does is, I would say, 99% always because of what's going on with them. Mm-hmm. So I think in that, it's, it's really hard and also very beneficial to take a step back and just be like, okay, let's kind of dissect this. Like, what's going on with this person? Like... And I think it's really hard to want to be sympathetic and want to be empathetic specifically when people are acting out like that because it can feel so personal, Mm -hmm. like when they're coming at you, but it's like, that's when they should be getting the most love. That doesn't mean you have to go up to them and be like, hey, obviously you need someone to talk to, you know, but just like sending it from afar and just being like, 
you know, clearly they're having a bad day or a bad month or a bad year or a bad life or whatever it may be and they're not in a good place and that's why they're lashing out. Mm -hmm. Like all, all lashing out is a cry for help. Mm-hmm. So some people just never were taught how to express their emotions appropriately. So that's the only way that they know how. Um, so then, like I said, the practicing mindfulness with that is just kind of taking that step back and understanding that everything that other people do usually doesn't involve you at all whatsoever. Mm-hmm. I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> um... Sorry, I was just getting a phone call and it got me all distracted. Um, I don't know. Yeah, we just... I, well, so that's what it has been for me, is that it's been a mindfulness tool to recognize. Like, because a lot of the time, I'll have other people's emotions become my emotion, or I'll, um, I'll just... Yeah, I'll be too empathetic for Do my own good. You absorb too much. That's mm-hmm. not your own. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think that kind of goes back to like the boundary settings mm-hmm. too, where I'm great. Like I'm very much putting myself in a observational uh, place, and if someone is going to get upset at me, it's like, uh, okay, well, are you upset at me because of something I did, or just feelings that you're feeling, right? That make you wanna feel this way (laughs) so I think it's that that's been a tool for me to recognize that more yeah and have a little bit more peace in my life where I'm like not trying to take on the emotions of other people if they're feeling upset and then I get upset and it's like well I would like to have just more control over my emotions and so I will let you be upset and I want to you know live a productive life and Mm -hmm. and stay in a place of happiness so I'll just create that boundary and understand that the reflection you know yeah exactly like what you said at the very start of this topic about how sometimes other people will feel a certain way about others because they see something in that person that they know resides within themselves that they either do or don't like Mm -hmm. and so either it's either like jealousy or anger like anger um like I don't know for example say that you're friends with somebody who is on their phone all the time Mm -hmm. and you know that you're all you're on your phone all the time but you try to make it a thing to not be on your phone when you're around them to try to set an example but yet you still get mad at them for that because well, I'm not on my phone, so why are you? But it's more right. like, well, you know that when you when they're not, when they're not around, you are on your phone all the time. That's why you're getting upset. But that's just like a very vague uh, example. But um, just the fact that we all mirror each other, and usually there's qualities in everyone that are in you, or that you know there are qualities in people that you wish that were in you, and just realizing that. You can change yourself whenever you want to. You just have to put the effort in Mm -hmm. and being aware that, hey, obviously this thing triggers me, so I'm going to work on it now. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that's where the mindfulness can really come into play. Yeah, definitely. Like recognizing triggers and recognizing like what you can do to be better and not want to partake in doing that type of thing. Exactly. Uh, next on the list is surrendering. I thought we talked about that. I mean, I think that, I mean, I feel like we do kind of all the time as well. Well, <laughs> like, it's true. Yeah, I think that, like... <laughs> oh, no, we talked about, sur- um, 
understanding change, oh, okay. which is kind of inevitably the same thing. Right. But I think that it goes hand in hand and you can't have one of them without the other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, yeah, definitely. Like change and surrendering come together. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that I, when I went through like a job search last year, I said this in a previous episode where I had a lot of like opportunities to um, maybe get this like dream job and then I didn't end up getting it or you know go on interviews where I thought that I was going to get it and then I didn't and then ultimately through all through all of these like things that were challenges I was thinking I need to actually more so surrender and see all of these things for what they are they're not necessarily challenges they're just experiences that will lead me to my next experience yep so grounding yourself and surrendering is like well life will just continue the the wheel will continue to turn you can still you know be here in the world and then just have your life unfold and you can have a little bit more peace if you're just you know surrendering and seeing what happens and Exactly. Also, just, a, you know, the, having the note of, like, surrendering with purpose. <laughs> Not yes, necessarily, yeah. like, surrendering and, like, let's see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to lay here for four days and hopefully something will come through my door. Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, I, th- I was going to say something, but I don't quite remember. But surrendering is, oh, yeah, there's this meditation on Insight Timer called Surrendering to the Flow, Mm. and I really, really like that one. I've probably sent it to you before, but it's just this woman basically talking about how once we surrender to the source, that things will inevitably start to show themselves, obviously with a little bit of work put behind it and intentions um, created. So I know that surrendering can be difficult because most people want to be in control, Right. But once you realize that the you don't really have control in about 98% of all of life, then I think that's when surrendering can become easier. It's like a step-by-step process. Totally. Just like understanding, okay, well, I don't necessarily have control over whether or not they hire me, but I have control over the interview that I put myself in. Mm-hmm. I don't have control over these people that are you know, being rude to me at work, but I have control over the boundaries that I set and the way that I let it affect me, mm-hmm. you know? So there are aspects of control, but for the rest of the time, especially like anything outside of yourself is basically all just gonna happen, gonna happen the way that it happens. And mm-hmm. you can either hold expectations and not let go with, not go with the flow, <laughs> or you can just burn your hands holding on. And that's a lot harder to do in my opinion. Right. So... Resisting change, it's uh, it's unnatural. Mm-hmm. It's absolutely unnatural. I really like that meditation recommendation. I think I will do that tomorrow. I will send it to you. Okay. If, yeah, I, I have it in my likes, so. I love my likes on Inside Timer. <laughs> Just, you should send some to me. I want to make a YouTube video of all of my favorites. Like, oh, yeah. things that I go to day in and day out where it's like... Go-tos? <laughs> yes. Where it's like, that. that's just... Yeah, like, this is something that'll ground me, this is something Mm -hmm. that'll help me with gratitude and surrendering, I think, sometimes is very challenging. Uh, Yeah, just the concept of control is very much being in the mind where you're like, things need to go this way. Yeah, that's just setting you up for disappointment. Mm -hmm. And so, it's a good 
it's a good reminder to be, you know, not so much in your mind. And, and if you are going to be, make it a nice place. Yeah. Or not. The choice is yours. Ooh, my, you have choice. My middle school principal used to say that every day at the end of the announcements. Make it a great day. Or not. The choice is yours. And oh. you know, that didn't really hit me until I grew up. So, <laughs> shouts out to Mr. Besta, because that was some real shit that he was speaking. Oh, cute. <laughs> Next. Next. Uh, intuition work is something that I wrote down as well. Oh, man. That one's a difficult one because for me personally, I feel like I didn't know that was my intuition until after the thing happened. Mm. So I think that it's hard to know what is your intuition and what's your mind. But I think that the more that you experience one or the other, you can kind of like gather the the symptoms I guess you could say mm-hmm. or like like the effects of one over the other like usually if it's your mind it's like an ongoing like 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 going and going and going like do this do this do this or don't do that don't do that don't do that versus like a feeling mm-hmm. and it's kind of hard to put into words it's like an intuitional f- I don't know if that's a word and a feeling from your intuition versus a ego thought produced feeling are two different things mm-hmm. and they're both really hard to explain <laughs> right I'm like how what am I even gonna say right now <laughs> yeah it's like there's no words to put onto how something feels when it's right or wrong for you because it's so individualized to every person mm-hmm. and someone's intuition may speak a way different way than somebody else's would mm-hmm. so how are we even supposed to be like follow your intuition because I mean, yeah, but, like, it's so hard to gauge sometimes. I think just even the very beginning of intuition work is just awareness that you have an intuition. Like, I think when, I mean, our first tool that we mentioned, the first podcast, the first episode of this series was meditation. So I think when you have the opportunity to slow down and be quiet and under, like, you know your voice kind of I don't know so the way I've kind of gotten to intuition work is Jess Lively is a podcaster and she started her podcast kind of like in a like thought leadership interviewing people that type of thing and now it's transformed more into like uh meditation metaphysical um like Right now, I've been listening to episodes where she's talking to someone who's, like, speaking through spirit guides. Like, she's, like, saying if Abraham Hicks resonates with you, then this would resonate with you. She has client sessions that I've listened to where she talks to people in regards to, like, listening. Like, she says, bobble down. Like, when you're kind of, like, speaking from your intuition, which has been kind of maybe developed through uh, journaling where you're asking yourself questions and just free-flowing and seeing what comes exactly. out. Exactly, yeah. Um, so she'll have these ses- sessions with clients where they'll she will be acting as, like, the questions and then they will be able to process the information. So she says to bobble down for you to speak from your heart mm-hmm. and find your intuition within your body, not necessarily through your mind. Exactly. You know what? It's a good uh, metaphor to put on intuition, like muscle memory. Mm-hmm. It's not something you need to think about. It's something that just you do. Right. And so like, for example, when you're like, for me, when I performed a song live a couple of three weeks ago, I was like, what if I forget the words like going over in my head, but mm-hmm. I know 
know the words. So right. why I don't need to think about the words because I know them. They'll just come out. Mm-hmm. Just like how a person who plays a guitar uh, plays a guitar and learns a song. Like for, I don't know, this is how it is for me. Like the first song that I ever learned, I still know how to play and I don't even have to think about it. I don't, I don't play guitar anymore, but I could still pick it up and do it because I, it's there. Mm-hmm. It's like ingrained within me. Mm-hmm. And I think intuition or I know intuition is ingrained with all of us, but sometimes we just let our minds run the show so often that we forget like what it feels like to hear our intuition or like what it even sounds like or what it feels like or Mm -hmm. what it does because everybody speaks differently not necessarily verbally you know Mm -hmm. so um I think that working with it and like I think another intuition or thing that uses intuition is free flow Mm -hmm. like in any kind of creative aspect flowing like being in a flow state is usually your intuition taking over and usually when you start to think about it is when it starts to get choppy or interrupted. Right. So I think that those are good ways to practice mm-hmm. your intuition. And um, I think that's something that I should integrate more because I would like to learn how my intuition speaks to me. Right. I think that, that it's definitely been the journaling practice that this over the past few years where I've been more consistent with it. Actually, I was going to mention that with yoga too. I think when you do yoga, when you start doing things consistently then you can start feeling the changes more dramatically. So, yeah, like I was saying with yoga with Adrienne, she, you know, I did a, last year, did a month-long yoga challenge, and I felt the differences of yoga way differently than I had previously. So with intuition work and, like, journaling, you're able to... um, I mean, with writing down on physical paper, you have to have the thoughts go through your head a little bit slower because you have to write them out. Mm-hmm. So it's, yeah. So when you're trying to unpack what, what your intuition is, it's more of like a question and answer format. Why do I feel this way? I feel this way because of this. Um, and you can kind of just keep on going back and forth and unpacking it on your own. And when you're doing it on your own, you can then come to your intuition maybe more easily. Yeah, like what you were saying about practicing. Mm-hmm. It's like then it comes becomes easier to know that, like, that's the voice. I know the voice. Yeah. And you just, or you'll have things, you'll have feelings in your body where you're like, yeah. yep, that's it. Yeah, sometimes for me it's just, like, as simple as going somewhere and then not really remembering how to go, but then I'm turning left, so, okay, I guess I'm turning left now. Like, I'm just following with it instead of being like, oh, no, it's not left. Or, like, I don't know, like, yeah. just going against the initial thing that my body is doing first. Right. Yeah. I've that, been learning that's that really lately, inter- too. It's very yeah. interesting when that happens. It's like, oh, well, I guess I'm going this way. <laughs> it's kind of just like your body's pulling you in a way or, like, literally pulling you, like, away, and your mind is just kind of following with it, and then you realize, hey, like, I do know how to get here. I've been here a hundred times. It's just been yeah. a, it's been a long time so instead of overthinking it I just went the way that my body was telling me to do yeah it's like the advice that they give you when you first start taking tests in school where it's like the first answer that you thought was yep. probably the right answer exactly then that's why I don't like checking over tests because then you you mm. go over it a second time you're like wait but is that the answer so that's what you have to be kind of doing with your daily decisions mm-hmm. is like your gut feeling of like doing it that way is probably like the yeah. accurate feeling yeah and if it wasn't, that's okay. But, because then it's leading you into an opportunity for you to learn something. If you Yes, exactly. Yeah. I actually had an incident recently with my intuition speaking at me that I didn't quite understand until after the fact. And thankfully, it didn't really lead to anything negative, if, 
if anything, it led to something positive, and that was choosing between the three interviews that I had. Mm -hmm. So the first one was at a spa that I actually have experience with because I did my externship at school, and then the other two places were more of like a medical setting, like an acupuncture place and a chiropractic place. So I did all three interviews in one week, and then I ended up taking the other two offers with the chiropractic place and the um, acupuncture place. And before this, I never really envisioned myself in like a medical type setting, but these places aren't like your stale, like middle of the run, like just basic like medical offices. Like they're warm and they're welcoming and they offer a number of different things. And though both of them are all woman ran and just stuff like that. And so um, initially when I went to the first, um, before I went to the first interview at the spa, because that was the first interview I went to, I wasn't really feeling well. Like I was, like I was off, and I, and it wasn't like physically. It was just like something was just like not like I wasn't like stoked to go. Mm-hmm. Like I wasn't nervous, but I also just wasn't being like yeah, like oh my gosh, I hope I get the job. Like, right. and I didn't really understand that. I thought maybe it's just oh, must be just like pre-interview nerves, whatever. And um, just to give some clarification, the interviews that I'm talking about are all. Um, hands-on massage interviews so they're not like like what's what what do you like about yourself you know like usually if they do that it's first and then they follow up with you about a practical interview which is giving a massage so I was like well like maybe I'm just doubting myself whatever whatever and then I realized that like hey like maybe I felt uneasy about this because this isn't where I'm supposed to be right now and I had like a lot of thoughts about that prior like the environment is really fast paced. Um, they like, you know, like, we'll, we'll give you a 90 day trial period and then we'll see how you're working. And if it's efficient enough, then we'll give you these whatever. And whereas the other place is like, yeah, like, come on in. Like, you know, like you're, you can rent this room, whatever you want. Instead of being like, well, if you don't have any write-ups, you know, it's just like, it was a different vibe, like corporation versus, um, like, family-owned businesses type feel whatever and so I realized like my intuition was being like I don't know like maybe you shouldn't do this like you know go through with it but whatever so I once I accepted the other two offers I emailed the woman that I was doing the interviews with and I was like hey like I decided I'm gonna do this moving forward like thank you for the opportunity because they always say like don't cut ties in the massage industry like you know keep people on good terms and maybe you'll change your mind in the future that makes sense yeah so that was my recent experience yeah I mean intuition I feel like that's good that you recognized that and that you just I mean I understand that too I mean okay so that corporate experience might fit for you in the future it might be like but this is just you have to meet you have to meet everything of where, where you're at in your life. Yeah, exactly. And so I think these other two places are going to be a great place to start for sure. Mm-hmm. So you like felt it within yourself. You're like, nah. Yeah. Whereas like the next interview I went to was at the chiropractic place and I felt great. Like I was so excited to be there and like I was so happy and I was just so comfortable and just felt like, you know, whatever questions they did ask me because they did like a little bit of questioning and then um, the, the massage after just like flew right out of me, like no second thought behind it. So I just think that it turned out a lot, you know, it turned out to be what I need right now. And I think that I'll only know in the future, like, you know, how or why I was feeling so off, you know, because I don't genuinely know if that wasn't right for me, you know, right. like it, like I, I have a, a hunch, but there's no way to know unless maybe I say that I went for it and then I'm like, damn, I hate this, you know. <laughs> so I guess there's no really telling, but from, from what I got out of it, it was my body producing um 
was like producing the um, intuition speaking, if that makes sense. I don't know what I just said. Anyway, let's move on. Yeah, I'd love to. <laughs> um, podcasts, books, and learning. Yum. My favorite things. I know. I love podcasts and I love books and I love just hearing and gathering and thinking about and digesting new information and then taking what you want from it and especially being just like being able to throw out random facts all the time about like random things. Like someone the other day on Facebook was like, what's going on with the vapes and people dying? Like, I don't get it. And I was like, well... Actually, it's the THC vapes from the black market the black market that contain vitamin E acetate that is killing people. Like, I don't know, just from this one podcast I listened to about right. the vape epidemic thing that's going on right now. So those are really fun. And I think it's been a huge tool for my self-growth this year and um, just getting other people's perspectives on similar things that you're interested in. Totally. I think I listen to podcasts nonstop. Like, I don't... I have a connection with music, but it's not as heavy as your connection is. And my partner, he has, like, a big connection with music and collects records. But I find that uh, podcasts really resonate with me, and I'll turn to them more frequently. And it's just because it's fun for me to be constantly learning. Yeah. And I've been listening to a lot of, like, self-growth. 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 Self-growth podcasts. (laughs) So it's like, you know, me trying, uh, listening to other entrepreneurs or other people, you know, listening to like people talk about their intuitions for an hour. That's really enjoyable to listen to and to unpack where it's fun that there's this opportunity for community that's digital and that you're having, I mean, we're doing it right now. Mm -hmm. We're having this conversation that we can share with other people and that conversation can grow. And, Mm -hmm. And so it's really good. It's really I've been enjoying consuming podcasts and learning and there's like a lot of like spirituality podcasts that I listen to or like Oprah's super soul conversation mm. is like really good too. Love me some Oprah. Um, yes. And so podcasts have been great. I haven't consumed as many books as I have liked in like the last year, mm. but I'm planning on changing that. I just know that there's been books that, like from the books that I've read in last year, like I read you're a badass and you're a badass at making money. And so like reading those books have really, I've enjoyed what I've learned from those books of how I can take things that I've learned to implement them into my life. And then I'm like, huh, I would have never started doing that if I didn't read about it. Right. Definitely. I think a lot of the stuff that I know and mostly involving spirituality has been from the books that I've consumed over the Mm -hmm. past few years and I was reading pretty avidly while I was in school but lately I've just been consuming a lot of media mostly YouTube which I'm I understand that I go through phases a lot so I'll read and I'll read and then I'll drop it and then I'll watch media and I'll watch YouTube and I'll watch Netflix and I don't like to be hard on myself about it because Mm -hmm. I know that I'll do what I want to do when I want to do it Mm um so with that, I do have a couple books that I would like to finish. Um, but yeah, books have been... I've always loved to read. I used to read a lot of fiction. Mm-hmm. And I think that this last these last couple of years, I've started to read more, um, you know, like realistic type stuff and more personal journeys and spirituality and... Um, yeah, understanding mm-hmm. our mind more. Yes, and, like, a the way people work. And, Definitely. Yeah, that... That's been really beneficial for me, too, and I, I agree. I feel like reading books is going to be one of the biggest tools to continue to learn more about that type of thing. Mm-hmm. Like, 
you you can go on your own personal journey, but it can also get really enhanced when you have more awareness of what other people are doing to mm-hmm. to enhance their personal journey. Yeah, and there's nothing more there's nothing that can bring you more into the present than sitting and reading a book. Mm-hmm. Like that's like the, one of the most present. That's some of that's hello. Mm. You know what that I mean? gives you the most presence. <laughs> is like well, yeah. You you yes, can only focus that. on what's in your hand. Mm-hmm. And maybe your breath. Yeah. And yeah. And yeah, it's interesting. It, I I can't remember exactly how the joke goes, but it's kind of funny that we're all just like um, sitting in silence and like staring at wood. Um, like at a library or something. Yeah, or? I mean like the, like tree like paper are trees, and uh-huh. so they were making the correlation that you're just like staring <laughs> at wood. But it's interesting because like it's weird how like books can just give you emotion you know so it's like you're just there in the present moment reading and then all of a sudden you're like whoa the first time that I read conversations with God the first book I literally cried like a few pages into it I was like holy shit I'm finally today today yesterday (laughs) I'm finally about to indulge and get a different point of view from something and from just, like, an array of topics or feelings or whatever that I have felt like nobody else understood or mm-hmm. that nobody else knew about. Um, because I was pretty young. I think it was, like, 18, 18, 19 when, I, when my friend found, when Mary-Kate, our friend, had found the book. And she was like, dude, you got to read this. And I was like, hell yeah, give it to me. And, Yeah. I need to read it. Actually life-changing. I and feel it's, like I've been saying it for years, It's, it's okay. It's okay. It, it, it shows up when it needs to right, be. Totally. So everybody that I know that has read either the first book or the whole series is like, dude, this shit is like my Bible. Like, I live by this shit. Like, my friend, me and my friend Ryan, that's like one of the main things that like connected, like rekindled our friendship. Um, my other friend, Devin, she was like, wait, you like those books too? And I'm like, are you joking? Like, I literally have the covers on my wall. Like... <laughs> I am, yeah, if I would recommend any books, it would be the Conversations with God series. I believe there's now four. The last one came out in 2016, um, which I only found this year. And I read that in like, I think less than a week. I just powered through it. And I was like, that was beautiful. So good. Oh, I want to read them right now. (laughs) I'm excited. I know with my upcoming travel, I'm going to definitely read a book and I'm still trying to decide which one it should be. But, dude, based off of that review, kind of feel like... Yeah, and the cool thing about it is, like, you don't necessarily have to start at one and go through four. Like, you can read them however because they don't really, like, intertwine and they always touch up on topics that were talked about in the other one. Um, so I think that the last one is a, a bit of an easier read, and so is the first one. So if you don't really want to commit to, like, a 400-page book, then I would say, like, the first one or the last one. The last one's called Awaken the Species, and the first one's just called um, Conversations with God um, and Uncommon Dialogue, I believe it's called. Yes. Check the wall. Yeah, check the wall. Yeah. <laughs> and the cover art is beautiful, so that's why I like to go to used bookstores and get the hardcover, because it comes with, like, the cover that you can take off, and it's just really beautiful art, and, oh, Neil Donald Walsh is... A heaven scent. I would love to buy it used. I wonder where I can find it. I get it at the last bookstore in LA, Mm -hmm. but um, you can buy them on Amazon used. Okay, will do. Yes. Mm. Yes! All right, what's on the next, or what's next on the list? I mean, it's kind of something that I didn't mean to be so breathy, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) It's okay. (laughs) We're just thinking about conversation with God and getting heated up. It's fine. (laughs) It's self love is the next thing on the list, which is kind of 
a lot of the things that we've been kind of been talking about how these tools would ultimately lead to self-love. Um, but I don't know. I know a specific tool that helps with self-love if that, um, well, (laughs) I don't want to, I am not in any way condoning the use of drugs, but psychedelics for me were a very eye-opening and self-love inducing Mm -hmm. tool. Mm -hmm. And that was my favorite thing about them. And that's why I did them so often a couple years ago was because I loved how human I felt on them and how okay with being human I felt on them. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, one of my favorite things to do when I'm coming down from an LSD trip, sorry mom, is um, taking a shower. I just feel like it's like the most like peaceful and like meditative experience and just feeling all the water like hitting you and all your senses are heightened. And uh, I remember one time there was this time, yeah, <laughs> one time I was in the shower and I was like coming down and my significant other had joined me and I was just being nasty. Like I was like coughing up stuff because it kind of like does something to like your immune system and kind of makes you feel a little bit sick sometimes. And so I was like coughing up stuff and just like laughing my ass off and like we're brushing our teeth and I'm just like spitting everywhere. And I don't know, just being really gross, but it was hilarious because I was like, why is this so like looked down upon in regular life? Mm -hmm. Like this is being a human, like I need to spit. So I'm going to spit and like, Uh, sometimes being messy is fun and like I don't know so I think for me just like taking some and just hanging out with yourself and just really like being engulfed with yourself almost Mm -hmm. and like looking in the mirror and be like damn I see you like I really love you like really we're in this bitch together and like going outside and just sitting and like watching everything just like shift and like become it's like someone turned the contrast up on life you know Mm -hmm. I think those like that for me was one of the things that helped me find my self love after I felt like it kind of seemed to fade away a bit. Mm-hmm. So and then it's not something that needed to be carried on after the fact. Like I haven't done it in I think over a year and a half now because for now I feel like I've got what I needed out of it. And mm-hmm. so I I think I think Alan Watts was the one to say this, but I'm not entirely sure. But something along the lines of like once you've picked up the phone or once you've answered the call it's time to hang up the phone mm-hmm. so once you've gotten what you need out of it specifically uh psychedelics but this goes for anything in life then it's time to just like move on mm-hmm. and it'll come again when it comes again but for now i think that it's done its job and its job for me was finding self-love yeah i think that it can give you like a visualization and then you can see it and then move on from it you're like well I was able to tap into this while I was doing it then, and I'm able to tap into it again. I don't need to have the assistance. Mm -hmm. Especially because we literally are love. Like, Mm -hmm. our entire essence and our being is all about love. It's all about love. Mm -hmm. And so when you can feel that so strongly on this substance, it's kind of easy to, like, take bits and pieces of it and then make your, like, grow it again on your own Mm -hmm. outside of that. And then just, like, implementing different things that make you feel that love for yourself. Mm -hmm. So that is so many different things it can be I know for me I was really into self-care um more not that I'm not anymore but it was like really prominent I would say like probably the beginning ish of last year and for me that was like taking a shower getting out of the shower like doing face uh facial care stuff and then like rubbing lotion all over my body and like feeling my body and not just like oh I'm dry I'm gonna put some lotion on like you know like really taking your time to like feel the senses of your fingers rubbing against your body and then like doing your hair and then getting dressed and or putting on comfy pjs and getting on your bed like you know there's just so many different ways to put self-care into your life and it 
can come in any type of way. And I think that's why it's so fun and it's so beautiful because it's just so different for each individual. Mm-hmm. And um, I just also think that it's very necessary. And so just try doing a bunch of things and whatever resonates and fits well with your life and who you are, then just stick with it. And mm-hmm. I think results will come. Definitely. I love self-care. <laughs> it's so good. I know. I feel like we should have an entire episode on self-care. Oh, we will. I know, right? We've yes. already said that, so yeah. we will again. Yes, we will. Yeah, that's the thing that sucks about... The only negative side to podcasts is, like, I wish they could be just, like, eight hours long because I could just go and go and go and, like, about a hundred different topics, but I know that so many people can only digest so much information at once, I which know. I think we're, like, hitting that limit, but we have one more. Yes, one more thing on the list. Because nature, right? Yes. Yeah like one of the VIPs of this entire thing Mm -hmm. because I think that on a mindfulness journey um you just understand more of your connectivity with the earth Mm -hmm. and how if you're treating the earth kind and and you're treating yourself kind then there's like this good synergy Mm um I think it's all connected mm mm-hmm um, I feel like your journey with like nature most recently and mindfulness has been more prevalent than mine. I haven't really been out in nature as often as I'd like. I guess, I mean, sorry, take this back entirely. Like going to dog beach is a priority for myself. And so I go to the beach, but I think like sometimes when people say nature, they think that it necessarily needs to be like a hike or needs to be with trees, but like Nature is around us constantly. You just have to look for it. Mm -hmm. Anything that produces life is essentially nature. Mm -hmm. And for me, that's my plants in my room. And Mm -hmm. I think it's like a pro and a con because it uh, it allows me to like look at life from a closer point of view and to see growth. Mm -hmm. And that's like my favorite part. Um, Also, it leads me to be a bit impatient because like, what are you going to get bigger? Mm -hmm. I know that that's not the point that you can't rush things that happen naturally. But also it's a con because it's not allotting me to get outside like literally outside more because I'm content being around in my room Mm. um also it's just been like the weather is just ridiculous and so all over the place and so hot that I just don't want to be in this weather but when it starts to cool down Mm -hmm. and when spring comes around that's my favorite time to be outside and to go hiking and the air feels so fresh because right now it's so dry Mm -hmm. so um and at this point, like, I'm not even making excuses for myself. Like, I'm just not going outside. Right. And that's fine because mm-hmm. I'm comfortable with, like, I have a beautiful view in my backyard and I get to spend time in my backyard when I do. And, um, but I think... Well, you're bringing nature inside. And yeah. you're fine being inside. That's... Pretty, yeah, yeah, exactly. The, the weather has been pretty terrible. Like, the wind yesterday, I was, like, just choking and so... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, um, with returning to the point of nature is... Nature in itself is just miraculous and Mm -hmm. it is like the epitome of stillness and with stillness, with the stillness that it brings, it's full of life at the same time. And so it's a cool like dichotomy that nature is where it's just this thing that is. It's planted and growing. (laughs) Yeah, basically. Yeah. (laughs) It's, it's this entire being, but yet it's just so simple and it just exists and it doesn't Mm -hmm. need to compete with other things and it doesn't need to, you know, prove itself to anybody. It just is what it is. Mm -hmm. And I think that we can take a lot from nature by just observing it and being within it more. And I know that there's studies behind that where people who are more frequently visiting outside and nature in general tend to be like less stressed and like less anxious and less depressed Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. And it's true because nature gives us life and we wouldn't exist without it. Mm -hmm. 
So it's like, why not just take a little stroll every now and yeah, then? Yeah, <laughs> just embrace it more. I think that like in our in this day and age with like technology and modernization, it's just a really good practice to reverse that and go mm-hmm. back into like yeah. the origins of our life where it was like the ground and trees yeah. and um, uh, yeah, just it, there's a lot of importance of being in nature as well to help you know give you mindfulness I've been implementing a daily walk that um you know I was working in an area that didn't have very much it was a lot of cement it was kind of a yucky like I don't know this is like a what are those called like a warehouse area type place but it wasn't necessarily warehouses anyway um go outside limited amount of trees but just like Embrace the nature that is around you mm-hmm. as much as possible, even if it is limited. Yeah. Um, I'm really looking forward to, yeah, the upcoming seasons where the weather is nicer and I will be, you know, near a river, which will oh, be really nice. nice, too. Yeah, I think so. water is one of my favorite parts of nature. Um, Same. Yeah, it's, just the stone. Like, it's it, it depends on the type, but obviously, like, for example, the oceans is just so therapeutic to listen mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. and how it just always pulls itself back in mm-hmm. and it, like, it can be so ferocious but also so calming and so still um, and just fit into it. It fits into whatever space needed. Like, it molds into whatever mm-hmm. needs it needs to mold into. And I think that it can be a really valuable thing to observe now and then. Just be like, damn, I just want to be more like water. Like, I can chill out or I can... Just let it flow. Let it flow. Be what I need to be when I need to be it. But for the most part, I just get to just be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think water is very important to me, too. Like, my birthday is in July, so even... Like, growing up, I would just always want my birthday parties at the beach, mm-hmm. and then just, it's a priority for me to go to the beach all the time, and with us moving to Austin, and fortunately, the Colorado River goes through it, so it's, like, sweet. There's a big body of water, but, um, yeah, it just it's a priority for me to be near water, for sure. It is very therapeutic, and, yeah, it is good to understand, like, the nature of water that was, I liked that point about how it just can be wherever it wants to be mm-hmm. I like yep. that speaking of nature it's like 90 degrees today and it's supposed to rain tomorrow I know that's so why I have to take care of the earth everyone we have to channel our energy into climate change is real it is <laughs> <laughs> I don't care who you are yeah but, it's just uh, a, that's a different topic yeah no I think that that we can unpack that a little bit more but it's it's just I I had this conversation with someone recently about how she was talking about, like, you know, it's a lot of people are talking about the negative about what's happening with climate change. I think that it's also just a 100% wake up call for us to, you know, what are the solutions and to go more towards the solution route instead of like the doomsday route. So when it comes to us, like, and, you know, trying to understand nature more is going to have to, um, it will unfold into other parts of our lives where we're making less of an impact because we have a better connection with nature. And so I want us (laughs) to reverse more of the things that are happening with climate change, but, you know, in a, in a peaceful manner where we're working together to like bring more sustainability to the planet through the kindness of our hearts Mm -hmm. and it can continue to unfold from there. Dude, speaking of, I just want to share this really quick before we stop. So I asked people on Instagram, I was like, what's the number one thing that you find the hardest to, like, find 
in a more sustainable way or like like just create less impact. I don't know specifically what I had said, but um, someone said electricity, gas, and my phone. And I I know this person, and I think he was being a little bit like sarcastic because mm-hmm. although that's very true, like obviously those are things that we don't really have a lot of control over versus like our personal intake with things. Like obviously, if you live in California, you're gonna need a car. Like there's no there's not really a way around that unless you're like really local to whatever you need to go to. Right. Whatever. Long story short. Short. He said that, and I said, you got me there, because I didn't know how to respond to that. And he goes, when we solve this, I will be ready to rejoin the capitalist trend of pretending to be eco-friendly on a dying earth. Until then, I'm just going to try and grow my own food. And I was like... I was a little taken aback, to be honest. I was like, I don't know why you have to come at me like that. Like, I'm just trying to, like, give people peace of mind and, like, let people know that there are alternatives to some things. But obviously, we can't solve it all. But I was like, why did you have to say that? Like, that was mean. Like, (laughs) no need to be, like, sassy or defensive about stuff that we're all in the same boat on, you know? Right. No, definitely. I've received a lot of feedback like that on, on my work for doing, like, environmental things where someone's, like you know what, this is a problem, but let me list off all the other problems. It's like, okay, but let's, like, just be productive about problems. Like, actually, there was this meme that I saw where, like, people are constantly contradicting themselves when it comes to sustainability only because we're all on our own journeys of, like, you can't do it all at the same time. Mm -mm. And so if you just have the mindset to continue to just, like, be nice to the earth, so Mm -hmm. electricity, like, fortunately for me, it's... It, it was completely, um, it was an accident, but I ended, Keith and I ended up getting an apartment that's, um, sustainable, that they use, like, solar energy, and that they use, um, electric stoves and not gas stoves, and that they, like, have, I have to learn more about it, mm-hmm. but they have, like, sustainability goals. Nice, yeah. In my apartment complex, and if we're all just kind of just moving towards that direction, then it'll be fine. Like, yeah. I don't understand. It, 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 it does bother me, too, when people are just constantly about the negative, where it's like, well, what are you, you know, you're trying to bring about what are the solutions, mm-hmm. and then he's going pretty... Fuck a solution, we're all doomed. It's like, all right, get out of here with that shit. Like, I'm right? just trying to be a light in this dark world. Yes. <laughs> All right. Anyway, um, we'll go ahead and end it on that note. But um, again, we really appreciate your time that you take to listen to us. If you could go ahead and leave like a rating or a review or what was the other one that you had said? Yeah, if you guys want to subscribe. Yeah, even subscribe because I don't use Apple Podcasts, but I was showing my sister-in-law last night um, our podcast and she does. And I liked the way that it was formatted and all the links are um, available and they're all nicely put because I know on Spotify it doesn't look that nice. So anyway, I know that you can subscribe on uh, Apple Podcasts and you can uh, rate us and leave a review. So Mm -hmm. if you have the time and you would like to help us out that would definitely help on whatever format you do use um and yeah yeah and just tell your friends man like word of mouth yeah if this resonates with you if you have friends that are interested in listening to like this type of content because i feel like it's it's different not a lot of people consume this type of information and Mm -hmm. i think that it's just a, a good way for us to have community and learn more about each other. And mm-hmm. um, and definitely there's a lot of gratitude for people who are already listening. This is our 10th episode. Yay. So we appreciate you listening. And 
listen in the future. Subscribe and we'll show up in your notifications. And Yes, we would appreciate it a lot. So again, thank you guys and we hope you have a great day.